The views, information, and opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individual and may not represent those views, information, and opinions of the Washington Interscholastic Basketball Coaches Association, known as WIPC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wipka Coaches Podcast, episode four tonight with uh, head coach from Timberline High School, Coach Alan Thomas. I'm your host, JC Alexander from Mountain View High School, currently the head coach there. Um, and with me is my, my partner, uh, head coach at Graham Kapowson, uh, Connie Richardson. Gentlemen, how are we doing out there tonight? Doing well. Excellent. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate you taking some time now on a Thursday night. Um, a lot of us got to work in the morning. So, um, Coach, how's everything going, man? I mean, it's kind of an unprecedented time for us in the world with, you know, the pandemic and stuff. How are you guys holding up up there? Uh, things are going well. I mean, uh, we just found out um, yesterday that we'll, we can start open gyms next week. So uh, give me one moment. So uh, all of our guys are super excited, you know, to finally get back in the gym and have open gyms for the first time in, in months. And um, so I think that, you know, it kind of build up a lot of the guys' spirits and, and, and the morale was really good um, when I reached out to a lot of the guys yesterday. Yeah, what's it, what's it been like for you as a head coach real quick? Before we get into who you are and kind of your background, during this pandemic, I mean, we're essentially now a whole calendar year since we've really been in the gym with the guys and a bigger capacity other than maybe some small pods here and there. What's it been like for you as a coach and kind of connecting with the guys still through this, you know, pandemic? Uh, for me, I think I, I think I tried to make the, the best out of a bad situation and I kind of conducted my own, I would say, clinics um, and reached out to a, a few guys that I really trust about the game. And um, I had, you know, I talked to Coach Kylie at Olympia High School, uh, Jason Kerr at, um, at O'Day, uh, Keffrey at Seattle Pacific, um, Coach Kelly at uh, Seattle Prep, and just kind of pick their brains on stuff like how they like to run their practices, how they like to run their defenses, what do they like to run um, late game situations, you know, uh, what skill development look like for them in practice, how long do they do it, um, that type of thing, you know what I mean? And so as far as the guys go, I've actually been in contact with the guys quite often, you know, um, they try to go out to parks and play and then they'll call me and I'll, and I'll try to show up and watch them you know i know we have a lot of we have like three new guys that are going to get substantial minutes this season so those guys are trying to build chemistry um on their own and you know they've been asking me throughout the time what do what do they need to do as far as uh, skill work to get better um what what their role is probably going to be this season and you know, just kind of just keeping their spirits up and letting them know that they, they are still student athletes first. So make sure when it is time to play, you're eligible. So, you know, getting your grades is, is, is a huge thing, you know, and it'll show me a lot of your commitment, you know, to the team and to yourself and to the program, um, you know, by, by, you know, keeping your best foot forward and, and, and staying eligible. So let's jump into kind of, you know, let's tell everybody, like, who are you? What, you know, talk about your playing time, uh, playing days, growing up, high school, college, uh, kind of your journey in the coaching world. Um, enlighten everybody on who Coach Thomas is for those of us maybe around the state that have heard the name or maybe haven't and just don't know who you are. Uh, well, I, I played my high school basketball at River Ridge High School. Uh, in Lacey, Washington, for uh, Chris Spivey, who is now uh, Annie Wright's head coach for uh, girls basketball. 
and um, played played varsity there, and then ended up going on to play for John Barbie, uh, who is the Franklin Pierce coach uh, for boys basketball. Um, played for him, and that was really my very first experience being on a championship team. Uh, in 2002, we we had three All Americans on the team: Quincy Wilder being like kind of like the the face of the team, Andre Stewart and uh, Mike Parker. Um, and then went on from that to uh, actually getting my first opportunity being a coach uh, through the AAU team. Um, started off in sixth grade. My The first person who actually truthfully believed that I could be a good coach was actually uh, one of my teachers by the name of Cindy Beck, who was my nutrition uh, class teacher. And so she, she said, I, I, I have uh, a good personality that I can reach out to kids. I really didn't think anything of it at the time. Um, started out, I just basically walked into the gym during tryouts, didn't really see much talent, but I wasn't going to walk on, out on the kids. I basically was just like, you know what, you put the team together, I'll coach it. Uh, we went into 10, uh, 12 tournaments. We won 10 out of 12 tournaments my first year coaching. Then uh, did it for uh, the second year, and then my my high school coach Chris Spivey ended up um, coming out and watching us play. And he said, "You know what? You have a uh, you have a talent for bringing out the best in people." And he actually gave him gave me my first uh, head coaching job at uh, as a C team coach. And it's it's funny; it seems like it yesterday, but that was 18 years ago. Um, and I was a C team coach for a couple seasons. And before he left, he said, I don't know what they're going to give you the job at Timberline, but I'm going to try to put in a good word for you. Well, when he left, they ended up hiring Mike DeFoya, who is now currently my athletic director. Time kind of flies and, you know, life is full circle. And he hired me as a JV coach. I was a JV coach off and on for um, about six, seven years. Uh, in between, I actually, you know, when I applied for the job, one of the things that they told me was I didn't have enough coaching experience. So instead of me kind of, you know, uh, being discouraged or, you know, tucking my head between my legs, I said, you know what, I gotta, I gotta start grinding more. So in the off seasons, my last couple of years as the JV coach, I was actually coaching summer league at Evergreen State College where I ended up playing. Um, and for, for a guy by the name of Jeff Drinkwine, who is now the head coach at Northwest, uh, university. And so I just said, you know what, I can, I can make excuses for them not hiring me, or I can go, if they don't want to let me in the front door. I'm going to come in the back door. So I ended up, uh, asking coach Drinkwine to be, um, an assistant coach and, I uh, was part of that team uh, who the star player was Nate Menifee, who actually graduated from Timberline and um, ended up becoming one of two guys who, as a player, we went to the national tournament. We finished in the Sweet 16. And then um, as, a, as a coach, uh, ended up going to the national tournament. So every banner that you see at Evergreen State College hanging up, I was a part of each one of those teams. And so that's something that I'm really proud of. And then, um, you know, from there, I kind of, my experience uh, for college, I just knew maybe within the first week that this isn't for me. Um, I didn't really like chasing down a lot of guys, kind of babysitting a lot of guys that kind of, you know, college just was, wasn't my scene. And so I was itching to get back to, to high school basketball. And I, I got back on as a JV coach. And then um, just one year later, uh, Mike Tafoya ended up stepping down. And at the time, uh, Donovan Dorsey was a, was a freshman. Actually, he was a sophomore that year um, on, on varsity. And honestly, I wasn't going to apply for the job. Um, I kind of thought that, you know, it kind of ran its course. But he basically said, I'm not going to uh stay here unless you're the coach and so i applied 
uh, not even thinking I was going to get the job and I, and I got it. And, um, the first, uh, the first six years in a row, we went to state tournament. Um, Donovan, his senior year helped us, uh, junior year helped us play seventh in state. And then, um, after him got really fortunate, uh, to get Eric Stevenson, um, Eric Stevenson, all four years went to state tournament. Um, we actually had the, the third best finish, uh, fourth place finish in school history, uh, his senior year when he broke, uh, I want to say seven out of, uh, I think it was actually seven records that year in the, in the state tournament. Um, and so, and then now, now I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have my fourth, uh, division one player, um, by the name of Brooklyn Hicks, who has a chance to be the best player to ever come out of this school this past year as a freshman. Um, he was first team all league, uh, first team all area. And right now he currently holds five division one offers. And so as a sophomore, um, and, and he's, he's very special. So I've been, I've been really blessed to have a lot of great mentors, uh, coming up, you know, my, my coaching circle has really helped me be the person who I am. Um, Tim Kelly at, uh, Curtis high school, um, Jason Kerr at O'Day, uh, Carl Howe at Skagit Valley, um, at Mullen, um, at Emerald Ridge, you know, Connie Richardson now at GK, um, these guys have been able to be kind of the backbone of, you know, what it, what it should be like to be a head coach. And so um, I was very grateful for them and I, I couldn't be happier being at Timberline and my sole purpose for me coaching is to build, to build young men, to be leaders in our community. And so um, we always preach that it's bigger than basketball and, uh, and the staple of our program uh, has been from the start, we is greater than me. You know, you gotta put, you know, uh, your pride to the side and be selfless in order to in order to achieve greatness or be a part of something special. And so that's what um, we've always been about. And I'm gonna continue to preach as long as I'm coaching. Uh, first of all, thank you for the honor of putting my name in that group. I don't know how I got in there, but thank you. Uh, thank you for coming on tonight. Hey, I'm going to get right to uh, just just something that I've noticed about your team. I've watched you. We've known each other for a while. Let's just be honest. Hey, you have family on the back of your jerseys. Where did that come from? Uh, for me, um, it actually came from... Uh, John Barbie, who uh, was the, was the very first coach who really taught me. Now Spivey, you know, he really cared about us. He loved us. We run through a wall for him. But uh, Coach Barbie from the from day one preached relationships are number one, and you can't get anywhere in life without it. And you know, we're building towards being a family. And and if you can play like a family, you're not going to let your brother down. And so um, I kind of always, it always kind of stuck with me. And I wanted the kids to know that you're not just playing for yourself. You're playing for your brother standing next to your brothers that, you know, if we can build great relationships now, they're going to last for a lifetime. Good answer. Hey, how do you get your team to buy into your program? Well, let's just say it's always rocky at first because everybody has their own agenda. And I, I think it's um, I think it's my responsibility. I think it's all of our responsibilities as head coaches is to show them the bigger picture, you know, um, through hard times. So practices are, I would say, three to four times harder than an actual game. I'm always trying to put them in situations where it's going to be hard to overcome alone they need everybody to come along for the ride and until they figure it out 
they'll struggle. And I think you find a lot about yourself through adversity. And um, I'm not afraid to deal with some of that adversity and confrontation that might happen along the way. I think that builds character. Um, a lot of times I like to schedule games that I know we're not going to win on purpose. And um, just to see how they react the next day at practice when, you know what, you think you might be feeling yourself one night and then the next night you get your teeth kicked in. How are you going to react the next time? You know what I mean? And so we kind of talk a lot about highs and lows throughout the season in our first team meeting. We always go over um, individual, you know, the roles. Every kid hates their role at the beginning. And and it's my job to let them know just because I say this is your role, you can't, it's not stuck in stone. It's not set in stone. If you want a bigger role, then you have to earn it. And you have to be one of the first guys in practice, getting up shots, working on ball handling, working on your rebounding, working on free throws. Or when it's time to leave, are you still staying around? Hey, coach, can I get some shots up? Can I get on the shooting gun? You know, show me that you really want it. And I'll start, I'll start rethinking your role. But until then, here's your role. Either accept it and, uh, and blossom with the team or you don't and somebody else does. That's life. And sometimes hard lessons are learned through the game. And, and that's, and that's what kind of keeps me going as a coach that I have to challenge these guys every single day. Or why am I doing it? So you said that uh, <clears throat> practices are three, four times harder than games. Um, what, what does practice look like? Um, what are some of the kind of the, the key drills, the key points, the key, the kind of the core of what you do in practice that makes it harder than a game? I will say uh, we always do defense first, you know, and, and we spend a lot of time breaking down defense through full court drills that we like to start off practice with every single day. Step slides, slow step slides that are going to burn and hurt every single day. Um, going over rotations, recovery, cover down, pick and roll defense. We're doing those things every single day. But like when we do stance drill, for instance, like, yeah, we might do it in, uh, in tryouts and guys we like, oh, man, this is crazy. But we might do stance drill four to five times in a practice and it's not just for the shot clock. We're going longer than the shot clock. You're going to have to stay in it longer because sometimes you might get an offensive rebound. Somebody, a team might get an offensive rebound and you have to play defense 34 more, 35 more seconds. And, and, and that's just, that's just what it is. So we really, we really talk about, um, you know, kind of rotations, just step-by-step forcing sideline baseline, not giving up middle, stepping over to take a charge we do charge drill every practice a loose ball drill every practice and you really start to figure out who wants to be there when it's really tough you know because a lot of them they want to get straight to scrimmaging they don't want to do none of that can we can we shoot the ball can we do this and tryouts we don't even bring down the hoops it's just conditioning in defensive drills that you're going to see every single day in practice. So if you can't do those things in the three days we have uh, tryouts, it's not going to work. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's just, let's just part ways now. You know, usually I find out the harder you make it, the, the more you'll find out who, who's all in, you know what I'm saying? And, and we, we kind of talk about, you know, being all in from day one, even in the meetings, um, you're not going to like me the very, you know, I, I might be the cool coach on IG. I might be the cool coach with all the, uh, the Kobe's and the Nike's and I'll give you guys travel gear and all that. But that's just because I, I want to be in, in some of that stuff too. But as far as, <laughs> as far as what we're going to do in order to win games, we're going to have to grind to win games especially when we're not as talented as teams from Tacoma, teams from Seattle, teams right away area. We got to do more than them. We have to work harder than them 
and where they can skip details and maybe not touch the line going down and back when we do sprints, it means something when we do it. We have to we have to make our times. It can't just be down and back in 10 seconds. We got to make it in eight. We got to. You know what I mean? And so this kind of still let's let them know what they're actually fighting for and what they're fighting against and what they're up against. You're coming from Lacey. Um, so what's, what do you find um, as the biggest challenge right now in high school basketball coaching um, kind of in your area, maybe state level, um, na- national level, just in general, what's, what's the toughest, uh, the biggest challenge for coaching right now? I think there's two things. Uh, one, the, you know, a lot of kids coming in that might be talented um, as far as like eighth grade, seventh grade, that they, they've been told and sold the dream. Getting them to understand that it starts all over when you first come in as a freshman and you're going to have to earn everything you get. So everybody wants that instant gratification, that instant success, that instant I got to be on varsity, that instant I got to be a starter. And it trickles down um, in everything that they do. You know what I mean? And, and, and they can't take hard coaching, you know, right off, right away. You know what I'm saying? And so I think sometimes when you're in a in a situation, I would say, where a lot of upperclassmen aren't ready to play or they're just not talented enough. What I usually tell our guys, and, and this happened last year, for instance, we, I ended up doing something I've never done before. I, I, I put six freshmen on varsity last year. And I was getting it from all, all sorts of the, the venture, from coaches to admin to teachers. What are you doing? What, you don't, you, no one does that. And I'm like, well, here's the thing. I always tell guys from day one at Open Gym, if I have an incoming freshman that comes every single day, busts his butt, and he's all in, and he's as talented or more talented than you, I'm pr- and you're upperclassmen, I'm probably going to go with the underclassmen and build through the, the youth of the program Unless, unless, unless you are all in, you're bought in, you're, you're here every single day, you're coming to conditioning, you're coming to weight room, you're coming to open gyms, I'll, I'll, of course I'm going to be loyal to you, but guess what? At the end of the day, I got to look towards the future of the program if you're not ready right now. And so we did that this past season and yeah, we took lumps. It was, it was, oh, we started out 0 and 10. First time ever, you know, um, but once the guys found a way to buy in, because I wasn't going to change, then they realized that, and they realized the seniors realized how tough it was. Finally, when they finally got their chance, you know, because they've been patiently waiting, you know, C team, two years JV, I'm finally varsity. All the seniors kind of thought that this is my team. You know, and, and, and they played selfish early on and they and they didn't work together. And I just kept making it tough and practice, tougher in practice, changing lineups, changing stuff. Uh, but the message was still the same. We're either going to do it together and win or we're going to do play as individuals and lose. And then I think the best accomplishment for that team last year was turning an 0-10 season around to be in literally two minutes from state. We were in a win of the state game with Spanaway Lake uh, down four with two minutes to go. I mean, you, if, if somebody would have told me that at the beginning of the year, I would have been like, yeah, right. You know what I mean? And so, you know, the guys kept fighting, guys kept plugging away. And that, and that, and, that, and it goes, it goes, I got to give credit to the guys. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's hard when you get beat on little things throughout the season and in that 0-1-10 start, six of those games came down to the last two minutes. They just couldn't finish. You know what I mean? And then we so we started talking, we started putting them more in situations in practice where they had to work a little bit harder and they had to dig a little bit deeper in order to get it done. You know what I mean? And it's it's almost like breaking through a threshold. 
So I would say, early, you know, for going back to your question, I would say the instant gratification is huge. And then, and then the next thing I would say is coaches being realistic with their players about the next opportunity that they're looking for. Because I don't know how many times I'll have players ask me, well, when you got Eric Stevenson and Donovan Dorsey and Gasson Rouse to Division One schools, can you can you reach out to Eastern Washington for me? Can you reach out to UW for me? Can you reach out to Wazoo for me? That's not your level. You know, and and, and taking that hard criticism and being like, you have A, B, C, D to work on. You need to focus on the fundamentals of the game first. Stop skipping steps. Start coming every single day before you start talking about anything. Because you know what? Like, if you're talented enough, they are going to find you. You know what I mean? And so sometimes when they don't get what they want right away, they don't get a look right away, it's the coach's fault. It's, they never take accountability for time put in, time spent in the gym. You know, oh, well, oh, well, they said I could go, I, I could go to an NAIA school, um, but I really don't want to go. I really don't want to go to Evergreen State College. I really don't want to go to College of Idaho. But if, but what these guys don't understand is there's a lot of good players that are there, you know what I mean, for whatever reason. And sometimes you got to be humble and it's okay. Everybody's route isn't the same. It's different. So you got to be willing to, you know, and Terrell Brown, I mean, I know it's, this is a, a, a different situation and he's like the 1% that makes it from a JC to an Arizona. But think about what he had to go through in order to do that. He almost had to bet on himself, go to the, go to a JC for, uh, for one or two years, then go to Seattle U, prove that he can be the guy at a at a at a mid major, and then now he's at a power like a power five, Pac twelve school in in Arizona. So like, but there there's there had to been plenty of nights to where he might have even been second guessing himself, but he still fought through adversity, fought through negativity, fought through long nights in the gym, sweat tears, blood sweat tears. A lot of these guys don't want to put in blood sweat tears, but they all want the ends the end result. They all want the scholarship. They all want the pat in the back. They all want, you know, the social media. So I would say those two things are huge. You know what I mean? Like the instant gratification and then being realistic with guys with your expectations coming in and trying to go to college and what level you actually might be compared to what level you think you are. So I'm going to circle back just, just a little bit to roles. Now you said your players have roles. What roles do your coaches play at Timberline? So our coaches, man, uh, when I first got the job, you know, young guy, snot-nosed kid, didn't really thought he knew everything. I said, you know what? If I don't pick the right staff, I'm going to be lost. So instead of me kind of rocking the boat, I actually went with um, – uh, two guys that have been in the program forever, um, Coach Joe Bear, who is now my C-team coach. Uh, he was the coach before me. He was his lead assistant coach, so kept him on board. And then um, my JV coach, his name is Mark Tishner. It's kind of ironic, and life is full circle. When I was in high school, Coach Tishner was our C-team coach. And so, and he's alumni from Timberline. And what, what better person to have as an alumni that kind of knows me and knows what, I, what I'm expecting. And he's loyal, you know. And then um, one assistant ended up moving on named Thomas Cook. Uh, and so for me, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I was openly recruiting a guy, and he ended up coming. And his name is Jawan Brown. I, you know, he's he was coaching at Lincoln for a long time. I've actually – grew up playing against him when he played at stadium and I played at River Ridge and he lived right up the street from Timberline. He lives closer to Timberline than I live to Timberline. 
So I'm like, you know, but I mean, if you're not happy there, you know, you come on out. I mean, and I think Coach Brown has been the backbone of our program, um, giving him more of a leadership role during timeouts. Uh, I actually am perfectly okay with him running timeouts, uh, especially I use that time usually to talk to other coaches and go over strategy. Um, but, you know, each coach has a role. Uh, one actually takes plus minus uh, for us on the bench. It was the first time I ever really did the analytics part last year. And uh, that guy, his name is Jeff DeFoya. And he is actually the coach before me. That's his son. And that's in his son. I actually coached him, you know, my, my, my third year at, at Timberline. You know what I mean? And, and he's he's somebody that kind of reminded me of myself as a player, hard nose, you know, gritty. And, you know, when he's when he speaks, people listen. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's something, you know, I'm looking, uh, you know, he has a he has a future in coaching. You know what I mean? Whether he knows it or not, he, he's just a natural, you know. And so I, he does plus minus uh, coach Joe Bear, who does C team. He he actually takes uh, he has a like a like a shooting chart, to, so he does like fill goals. He'll do like circle them if they if they miss, circle them in if they uh, they make it, and then he keeps track fouls, and then um, Tishner keeps track of like bench behavior, making sure guys are locked in on on the bench, and then timeouts, you know, um, and so I I think that giving empowering your assistants is huge in this because they can just they can just go along for the ride too if you don't give them anything you know what i mean and so um their their job is not only to relieve stress from a head coach but they need to feel empowered in, in what they do and, and that their role even no matter how small it is it's vital to our to to, to the team you know what I mean? And I know as a player, if I come off the bench and if I'm pouting and I sit next to a coach who's pouting, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, that's not why we're here. You know what I mean? And so, and sometimes, you know, it's bigger than you. And so I try to do, I try to overdo it and, and, and give them their props daily. We have a group text we have, and I let them know how important they are to the team. And then after every game, we usually go out and catch a bite and we talk about the game. You know what I mean? Or, or with my head assistant, Jawan Brown, there's, there's numerous conversations about rotations, uh, but he, he runs our defense. And so defense is the backbone of our program. So there's constant conversations about what are we going to do to practice? What are we going to do today at practice? How are you, how are you going to make sure these guys don't get beat? back door on, on back cuts if the ball gets past the high post if we're playing capital. You know what I mean? Like, how are we going to get after North Thurston today and, and get out in transition? You know, we really want to create easy opportunities through defense because a lot of kids, especially when they're young, believe it or not, they're front runners, man. So as soon as <laughs> as soon as they see some one thing go good, then they start clapping and then the bench starts getting going. And then, I mean, we got to play that to our advantage then. So if that's who they really are, you know, when, when, when it's, you know, until they kind of get a hold of who we are, let's, let's go off of that right now and let's feed into that and, and let's make practice high in intensity. But when they do do something good, we got to get all over them for them too, for not just bad things, but for good things too. Let's go ahead and take our first time out tonight uh, and talk about our first, uh, one of our main sponsors here at WIPCA. Uh, Wickle would like to thank Baden for being the official game ball and supporter of the Washington Interscholastic Basketball Association for more than a decade. Baden is committed to developing and producing the highest quality products in sports and is driven by what is right for athletes. A Washington family-owned company that supports basketball in their backyard, Baden, perform better. Um... I kind of want to circle back to, to something you said um, is kind of like the realistic uh, being realistic with your players and kind of the levels 
that um, they can play at. Um, myself, I was blessed when I first started to have kind of the same run that you did with Division One players. I started at Park Rose, and I have one that graduated Kennesaw State, one that's at uh, Washington State right now, and then one that's at New Mexico uh, State. And it's kind of the same question I get. So have you ever – have you had in your time – with being realistic for these kids, kids that have been like, well, man, Coach Thomas can, uh, that's for the birds, man. I'm going to go somewhere else. Or, and then how do you, how do you handle that kid? How do you handle that situation? The parents. Um, and then with that, how do you handle the parent? How do you do the parent, uh, the parent situation, the parent things in general as a program whole? So, uh, for, for me, um, there has been kids that, you know, uh, for whatever reason, uh, made it either too tough or they didn't like what I, what I said to them when they asked about a college situation. And at the end of the day, it's not about, it's not about me. It's, it's about you. And so if, if Timberline isn't the spot for you, if it is a little bit too rough, if I am a little bit too honest for you, you don't like the answer that I got you. By all means, you need to go where you can find some somebody that's going to allow you to do what you want to do. You know what I mean? And so I always, I, I fully support any kid that wants to go out and, and, and pursue their dreams. And, and, and if Timberline isn't the spot for them, you know, we've actually had, a, it's funny, one of the three Division One kids that we've had actually uh transferred to a local school in olympia is after his sophomore year and then the whole during that whole junior year when we weren't having games i would and i wasn't out in tacoma watching either uh tk play or emma rich play i would go watch olympia play and he kind of thought i was coming because maybe I thought you know, maybe he thought like it was malicious while I was coming, like haha, look at him type thing. No, I, I when I say your family, your family until I'm 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 dead and gone. So I'm I'm wanting to support you no matter what you do. But if you're not with the program, then you gotta leave. And and more power to you. You know what I mean? And so we've had a lot of kids that left and then came back so he ended up coming back his senior year and so and we and, the, and what's funny is the year he left we still went to state you know and so coming back you know he kind of felt like you know well why 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 am i not getting more opportunities well you have to earn that right back it's not gonna i'm not gonna just hand it to you you know what i'm saying and so there, there's guys that have been grinding this whole time even when you decided to leave that that been here and we have i have to i have to respect them and what they do you know what i'm saying and so and what they bring to the table no there might not be as talented as you but they were loyal to the program and so loyal that loyalty goes a long way and i gotta give that back to them too and then as far as parents um i usually like to have that conversation during a parent meeting, like once the teams are assembled, having having our first parent meeting, usually our one and only parent meeting, but um, usually just say, you know what, I, I'm here for your kid. You know, if, if there's any opportunities for them to play on the next level, they will know because I will let them know, you know, and I will let them also know who's interested in them. And if no one is interested in them and they want to know, what they need to do to, in order to get somebody interested in them, let's have that conversation too. But I'm, it's going to be realistic. And if South Puget Sound isn't knocking at the door, is if if TCC Green River Centralia College they're not knocking down the floor, let's let's not talk about St. Martin's. Let's not talk about Seattle Pacific. Let's not talk about UW. Let's let's worry about getting getting him you know, to, to one of the JCs, if that's, if that's where I see him at and, and let's see if he can earn his stripes there because when everybody isn't, when everybody's just as good as you are, then you really start to find out, you know, who, who really wants to grind 
who really wants to work hard and the talent will show, you know, the talent will show when we, when we roll the ball out, it doesn't matter what system we might be in. We're going to find out who's good enough to go on to a four-year college. And so sometimes, you know, uh, one of my, one of my best players that ever come out of school didn't play, didn't play division one basketball at all. And his name is Brendel Evans. He went to a national junior college first at Cochise, went to a national tournament, his first year playing, and then went on to play at Western Oregon, won the conference uh, championship his first year, went to nationals his first year. All this guy does is win. All he knows how to do is win. You know what I mean? And so those guys come back to the program. They come to open gyms. They come speak to guys at practice. They show up randomly to practice and they know what they, they know how hard I used to be on them. I'm probably harder on those guys back then than I am now because I know some of the guys now mentally can't handle who I used to be when I first started. And so I think it's different strokes for different folks. You have to adjust to your players. Not everybody can get yelled at, screamed at. And that's what I talk about in the player at parent meeting as well. You know what I mean? Like, some people can't handle me all in their face. Some people need me to overdo it when they when they do a jump stop without traveling, or overdo it when they make a wide open shot. And so, if I had to, if I got to be your cheerleader, I'll be your cheerleader. If it helps the team, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get you to play as hard as you possibly can for not just you, but the guy next to you. And we always talk about next man up and you never know when your number is going to be called. So we always talk about staying ready because, you know, we had a few guys that are, you know, maybe they're not in the eight man rotation, but they're the ninth or 10th guy. One guy tweaks an ankle, you're in. So all that complaining that you might be doing on the bench or all that me, me, me stuff that you go home and you talk about with parents. And this is what we talk about at the parent meeting. Don't be that parent that, you know, well, he's not doing this and he's not that. The kids are making the kids take responsibility. If they aren't playing and they want to know why and they want to know why, they need to come and ask the coaches why they are not playing. Chain of command. First, coach and player, chain of the command. Then the next step would be coach, assistant coach, player, and then so there's two guys, not and it's not just you know one coach saying one thing. It's not you know what I mean. Like okay, let's all sit down. And then after that, then if you want to talk, parent coach. Okay, we can have that conversation. But they know why they're not playing, and sometimes it's lack of effort that they can't see in practice because it's not their job to see it in practice. You know when it's two to four or three to five or, or, or five to seven, it's our time. It's our time to get better. It's our time to come together. It's our time to grind. Now, afterwards, when as soon as we step across those lines after practice, we're family a different way. How, how are things going at home? Do you need anything? How are classes going? Do you need extra help? Let me help you, you know? And, and, and one thing I always try to, tell them every year and I ask and it's and it's really not a trick question but you it will be surprised it'll surprise you how much they think about this question when I ask it every single year what do you need me to do to make you play as hard as you possibly can in in, in practice what do I need to do in order for you to go hard and then you know of, of course young guys will have a real interesting answer you know what I mean? But the, the veterans that have been there before, he, he, they're like, he's trying to trick you. It, 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 it's not him. It, it is us. You know what I mean? Like, he got us the gear. He got us the practice gear. He got us the, the discounts on shoes. He got everything we wanted. All he's asking for is to at least play as hard as you can, no matter what. If this is the game you say you love, nobody should stop that from you. I can't take that from you. 
you can take that from you though, because it's a choice. And so every time we give, you know, that's that's what they sign on a piece of paper in our in our in our I would say our handbook that we give out to to players at the parent meeting. They have to sign it. Parents have to sign it. So and and, and you know how they always say you might want to read the fine print before you put your signature on it. This is why we don't have a lot of parent meetings because it's it's in the it's in the book. You got to know what you're signing up for. Coach Thomas is tricky sometimes. Don't you got to read the last couple pages? <laughs> Man, Coach Thomas, I am ready to go. I am ready Man. to go right now. <laughs> there you We're go. in phase three. How excited are you? Oh man, it's it's uh, it's so exciting, man. I I'm trying. It was it honestly last night felt like first day of school when I heard that we are you know even back open gym, you know, and then the next day, which was today, phase three. So like, I'm just, you know, I've been keeping my fingers crossed this whole time, trying to keep guys positive as possible. Um, but now it's, you know, it's starting to look like a reality that we're, that we're really going to have something. And, and for us, man, it's with, I'm very fortunate. I mean, I, I'm not really knowing what a lot of people's situation is as far as like how many seniors they got coming this year or whatever. And I feel for the seniors this year. I really do. Um, but in our, in our situation, the majority of our team is going to be sophomores and juniors and maybe one, one senior, you know, and, and one really good freshman. So uh, we're very fortunate to use this season as building blocks towards the summer building blocks from the summer towards, you know, fall and then towards the season when we should have two very, very good seasons with with the group that we have, you know, having uh, eight returners coming back this year. All right. So I got a couple questions, then I got some quickies, and then uh, okay. Coach JC has some uh, quickies too, and then we're going to okay. get you out of here. Hey, uh, what's your top moment as coaching basketball? Uh, my 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 very first year um, going to state, being Mercer Island um, at Mount Tahoma, they were ranked second in state. They were they were they were kicking our teeth in at halftime, down thirteen at halftime, and then um, just found a way to win the game by one. Got a defensive stop. Um, it kind of was just like the foundation of everything that we that we got going on, you know what I mean? And and it's and it's kind of interesting. We had three guys going to play college basketball from that team, but everybody else they still keep in contact with with each other even to this day, you know what I mean? And, and a few of those guys came back to practice this year, and you know when it was our very our last game before we started winning. They came in and they kind of talked to the to, to the team and was like, "This isn't who we are. This isn't what Timberline is. It's time for you guys to take some ownership." You know what I mean? There's only so much he can do, you know. And so uh, that was my that was my favorite moment. Uh, give me your starting five from Timberline only. Uh, all time that I coach. All time starting five. From Timberline. Uh, Brendel Evans, uh, point guard. Uh, Eric Stevenson. Um, Donovan Dorsey, uh, for sure. Those three. Um, Kassan Rouse. And the guy I'm coaching now, Brooklyn Hicks. I will roll with that five all day long. That's it. I mean, there's not, there's probably not enough basketballs for all of them. But from a from a from a uh, a scoring standpoint, rebounding standpoint, length, athleticism, I mean, create their own shot. I'll take those five guys. So if Coach Thomas gets into a jam, he doesn't understand something. Who's he calling? Who's his mentor? Mentor out of all the guys you mentioned before, the mentor of all the the, the guy you're going to go to that you know he has the answer. Uh, Coach Kerr at O'Day. I mean, he's been, he's, he's, he's the guy, man. Uh, it's funny. Sometimes I, I might overstress about something and he'll be like, AT, don't, don't overthink it. 
even even in the 0 10 season you know what i mean stick to your guns do what you do you know they'll 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 figure it out they'll buy in uh and then he goes at the end of the day you you got a pretty good freshman you know he needs to see the ball a little bit more all right you got a young alan talmas coach coming up what are three things you're going to tell him uh stay patient um surround yourself with good people and um make sure you don't second guess yourself you know uh be all in um and make it about the kids man make it about the kids no matter what good answers thank you sir hey thank you for coming on tonight i appreciate appreciate you. you i appreciate you too man um all right so so let's let's have a little fun with this one um first thing comes to mind um right or wrong doesn't matter but you're sitting in the game um Let's say you're at Capital. Okay. Tough team, pretty good in your league every year, right? Yep. One of the ones up there. You're up three, 10 seconds left. What are you doing? Up three, 10 seconds left? Capital has the ball. Oh, Capital has the ball. And, and we're up three? Or they're, and you're up three with 10 seconds left. I'm playing straight up. No fouls. No fouls. Uh, no fouls. Stay. Don't don't leave your feet on a contest. Stay down. Challenge. Um, Even I, with I'm fouls to a, give, I, I'm not a big. Fa- I've never been a big fan of fouling because sometimes uh, it always seems like when you don't think about something, something happens. Like if they make the free throw and then they miss it, and then they could get tapped out, and then they could hit three and they could beat you. You know what I mean? And and, and like. For me, I always kind of think about the worst in those situations if, if you foul. So I'm like, like, you know what? Honestly, we are built for overtime anyway. So if this game goes five more minutes, that's to our advantage. So, yeah, yeah, even if they tie it at, at their place, they'll have all the momentum, but not during the COVID season. So <laughs> no one has momentum. So whoever's going to be in the best shape this year is probably going to win those early games. So I'll, I'll take my chances. All right. Are you watching? So we're in Washington. Obviously, we have a shot clock. You drive, you know, two hours south. There's no shot clock oh. in Oregon. Are you a shot clock guy? You're a no shot clock guy. Does it matter? If I'm in Oregon, I need the shot clock because the way they play basketball is different. We uh, we, we got a chance to play in the Les Wall tournament with Donovan um his his senior year and we played jesuit and i mean they didn't really look the part and i'm like man we might be able to get at these guys and the patience that they showed in the first possession was legendary nothing inside get it back out swing swing no three don't don't rush it drive it kick it okay i don't like i don't like that set Let's do another set. And I'm like, and our guys are looking at us like, are they going to shoot? And I'm like, I'm looking at the coach like, are you guys planning on shooting today? Like the games was in, the game was like in the 30s and they were fine with it. But so like for for Washington basketball, I love the shot clock. I actually wish the shot clock was 30 or like 30 seconds or even, or even 28 seconds. You know what I mean? Kind of, you know, so guys don't have a chance to kind of like stall it out late mm-hmm. late in the game um but either way i'm good with it either way you know what i'm saying but i do think playing an oregon team one oregon team a year what will get you prepared for those slow down grinded out olympia bear games slow down grind grinded out like roger type games you know what i'm saying and so a lot of our guys want to play fast and so I think it's my job as a coach to schedule teams that are going to slow us down. Yeah, Gene Potter is a—he's a legend in Oregon. And <laughs> if I remember right, that's the year that they upset Jeff in the state title. I think so. Yeah, think yeah, so. that was a—that was a team with no, no, no Division One guys. <laughs> no, those are the Jeff was sometimes, man. <laughs> All right, man. If you're going out to a restaurant, nice restaurant, they got kind of a plethora of decisions. You taking like a nice steak or are you doing a seafood plat- like dish? 
Oh, man, I'm glad you said that. I, I would definitely – I love steak. You know, usually if I go to Olive Garden, I'll probably get, you know, steak, mashed potatoes, and, and, and uh, broccoli. But if I if I really had a chance to uh, – chicken Alfredo is it for me. Chicken Alfredo or shrimp Alfredo, and I'm good. I'm good for the night. All right, are you going to press full court? Are you 32 minutes of hell, Jerry Tarkanian, or are you – Hard nose, half court, man to man, zone. What are you doing? Um, for me, man, I I think um, I've learned over time, it's better to not show your hand right away what you're gonna do. Always like to kind of start off in man to man, just to see if they can handle man to man. Not even pick them up full court, three quarter court, man to man. You know, and then after you know after couple of trips, couple of possessions. Uh, if I can see a weak link on the other team, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, or, or they can't really shoot it or they're being flustered. Okay, I want I want to make them pass. So let's let's go with like a zone press back back to back to zone two three. Just to see what they just to see what they do. Sometimes I wanna sometimes I want to see the alignment of you know where they like to put the pieces. And then and then once they get comfortable, let's let's start pressing. And then once they start getting comfortable with that, run and jump. You know what I mean? Like, like keep changing it, changing it, changing it. And then what we kind of found out even in playoffs is usually that's when we're peaking defensively. You know, it all comes together. We're able to play a 32-minute game of run and jump, press, and, and teams by the third quarter, once they go in the locker room and they, t- and they take that long seat, those legs get real heavy and the, and the shots start. They don't fall like they used to. And so that's when you kind of use, you know, you might be able to use a zone, you know, or uh, if you to protect to protect your guys if they're in foul trouble, you know, just kind of just playing with it. You know, I think that's the kind of the, the beauty of the game. Um, you know, it, it can change instantly. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not I've, – I've kind of been against small ball in the past. But I think that this team, especially that we have this year and next year, our small ball lineup is going to be pretty good. And so, um, you know, fronting the post, weak side help, uh, denying hard and making teams have to beat you off the bounce. Not a lot of teams have multiple guys who can do it. You know what I mean? Like a, like an Auburn. You know what I mean? I think Auburn, uh, it, it's uh, they're probably one of the teams – that I that I really think with the Lee Carrington and, and Trey Blasting game, they they got something with those, with those two guys, and and then the other guard that they got, point guard, uh, black kid, he's he's tough too. He can shoot it, so they they create a different type of problem, you know what I'm saying? And so, but but there's not many schools like that, and so uh, for me, just keep changing. All right, you open up that cupboard in the morning. You trying to get breakfast? Are you gonna grab that box of cinnamon toast crunch, or are you gonna go healthy and get some oatmeal? Oh man, I gotta, I gotta do the oatmeal, man. I, I've been, I've been either on oatmeal or I've been on the Greek, Greek yogurt, plain yogurt, uh, granola, and blueberries. I've been trying to cut a few pounds, so gotta try to stay. I, I, I'm trying to model what I keep preaching. You know what I mean? Like, you know, making sure. You're taking care of your body, so it'll take care of you. You know what I'm saying? And I want to coach for a long time, so i got to make sure I'm staying on it. Hey, and you're almost 40. That's the end of the month, March 29th. Yeah, so, man. Anyways. 40 coming up, so. <laughs> um, hey, a mutual friend of ours just texted in a question. You'll, oh, know okay. that who, you'll know who asked the question. Luca or Devin oh. Booker? Oh, man. Hey. Nobody's seen nobody's seen a Luka Doncic before. We've seen plenty of Devin Booker's, but no one's seen a, a slow, unathletic European that will will post you up, shoot the three, uh, and drop dimes. I'll take Luka over Devin Booker, even though it's not the popular pick. Appreciate you all day, man. Yeah, Coach, I appreciate you coming on. Very nice to meet you, man. I, I really appreciate you guys. Thanks you thank you for having me and go Blazers.
All right, guys, that was Coach Alan Thomas from Timberline High School. I uh, appreciate you coming on. Um, listen, everybody, if you want to get on and you want to be sitting on the other side of Coach Richardson and I, go ahead and reach out to us. Let us know. Let's get you on the calendar. Also, go ahead and hit subscribe. Tell a friend to tell 10 friends. Let's grow this. Uh, let's go ahead and keep showcasing some of the tremendous coaches that we have in the state of Washington, um, all over the state, not just up in the hotbed of Seattle. So, uh, Coach, once again, I appreciate you coming on. Coach Richardson, I appreciate you doing this again with me. Um, I hope we all have a great night, and uh, we'll go ahead and talk to you guys next time we're on.